welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. I am Rick Hale. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Welcome. Hey, Karen, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Not too bad. Got big stuff happening this week, I hear. Yeah, I sure do. Uh, we got some, um, yeah, uh, tomorrow, Chuck and I, we're going to be filming episode two of Eerie Events at Rejoice antique and consignment shop in Oswego, Illinois. And, um, you know, it's we're going to be trying some new stuff there, and uh, we're going to be filming it, and everybody will be eventually be able to see it. Very cool. And antique shops are a lot of fun if you've never investigated one before. They, yeah. um, they, you know, I, I do think that there is something to the whole uh, spirits attached to objects type of things, because I know museums and antique shops... And places like that do tend to have activity. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, it's something that we're going to, uh, that we do at the Erie events is putting things to the test. And we're going to be putting that te- that thing to the test. We're actually going to be, um, we're going to be playing around with a, with a phone app that is a, uh, um, a thermal imager. <laughs> I actually really? Discovered, yeah, I actually discovered it on uh, Jamie's um, iPad uh, last week. And, What's uh, it called? It's it's something in Photo Booth, and I found it, and I you know clicked on it. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, wow, this works. This is a thermal imaging camera. But how so, is it? Does it have sensors or? How I don't does know. It work. I have no idea. But when you look at things, I mean, you can see where the cold is. You can see where the heat is, and I mean, it looks just like I've worked with thermal imager cameras before when I was with McKenna. Yeah. Paranormal Research Group, it looks just like that. Well, that would be a lot cheaper, but I just can't imagine how it would actually photograph temperature. I I'm going to have to look into that and see what it is. Now I'm interested. Yeah, we're going to... Fascinating. Gonna, yeah, it was uh, It was actually it was a pretty cool find. I was taking pictures of Theo with it. <laughs> it was very, very funny. And, uh, yeah... Um, also, too, a couple of days ago, I got uh, asked to write for a um, a new paranormal magazine, which is out of Great Britain, called Supernatural. And uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, a guy we've had on the show in the past, uh, Steve Parsons of the Society for Psychical Research, he um, he recommended me. So I'm pretty excited well, about it. imagine that, huh? Oh, apparently British people really like me. Oh, good. <laughs> So how about maybe you? it's your maybe it's your accent, my Chicago accent. Yes, could be. So what's going on new with you, Karen? Oh, nothing. 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 There's nothing going on in my life. Oh, we're just in the we're in the home stretch, waiting to get the kid off to college. Yeah, how's that? Then going things on? will go on. Yeah, how's that coming along for you? Well, you know, I'm ready for him to go. He's been kind of a butthead the last week or so. Uh, he's just—he's probably just nervous and stressed out. He's going to be away from home for mm, first no. He's—he's he's excited and he's ready to get on with his life. Oh, and okay. actually, I've talked to a lot of people who um, his kids go off to college, 
and they say that the couple weeks before they go, the kids kind of tend to be a little difficult sometimes. So right. it's a separation thing. So it's all good. Well, he's always asserting his personality and his adulthood. He's asserting his adulthood. Actually, what he's doing right now is he's upstairs binge-watching Breaking Bad. Okay. What, on, like, Netflix? He's never, he's never seen it before, and so he started watching it, because I watched it all. Mm-hmm. I've and never... Oh, sorry. Yeah, so he started watching it, and now he's all into it. Cool. I've never actually watched... Wait, no, I take that back. I did watch a little bit of it when I was at the uh, laundromat. And it was a part where Jesse had walked into these uh, some users' house, and they were they were just like really really gross meth heads. Um, it's actually one of the best shows on television. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's very good. It's 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 very good. It's um quite violent, mm-hmm. but it's not like the gratuitous violence. It's part of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so he's been binge watching Breaking Bad and. You know, so maybe I just haven't seen much of him. But when I have seen him, he's been kind of cranky. Maybe yeah. cranky because he's watching Breaking Bad. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. It so, is. You know, it's just the way things are around here right now. And, hey, I'm all good with that. Other than that, let me see. What else? Nope, nothing. Nothing with uh, South Sound Paranormal? Nothing? Oh, you know, yeah. We've been doing a few things here and there, but... Nothing really to talk about on the air. I don't think we've got a, a paranormal potluck coming up in September at the museum, so that'll be cool. We're inviting people in the field. I think it's like the, well, it's like the twenty seventh or something like that. It's but it's at the haunted Lewis County Historical Museum, and that'll be cool. Yeah, very. So you know, I thought we, you know we should maybe preview our guest for tonight. Uh, we're welcoming we're welcoming back to the show William Becker, psychic medium as well as author. He is the author, of, excuse me, co-author of Paranormal Insights: A Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. So we always like having William on the show. He's a good friend, and uh, he's just about wrapped up as many frequent flyer mile, miles as uh, Robin Marie. Well, and the other thing is that William is just back from a um, an extended trip in Europe. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, he, he sent us a lot of uh, sent us a lot of really great pictures, and I I gotta tell you something, I'm jealous because that is that's my dream is going to uh, the United Kingdom and you know checking yeah. out their uh, their haunted spots. Well, and and maybe he'll be willing to talk to us about some of that, too. I have to apologize for my dog just shrieking in the background. He thinks he has to go outside, but he doesn't. Yeah. That's, yeah, you know what? But that's that's a weekly thing. So, I mean, they're just, they're just saying hi. No, this one's being really annoying today. He's being almost as annoying as the kid. Oh, hey, also, Williams, oh. um, the guy that took the pictures for Williams' book, and it has beautiful photography. Mm-hmm. Um Devin Conroy Groves is also going to be on with William, and he lives down in um, the Oregon City region with William. I mean, he doesn't live with William, but, you know, he lives in that area, and um, he's pretty active in doing paranormal stuff, too, and he's a great photographer. Right. So the book is really beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be talking to him, too, and getting his take on... uh, you know, what it is to do, you know, paranormal investigation and um, see what kind of great, see if he's ever caught anything on on film. 
All right, very good. Yes, and I have the book here in my hands. It's called The Visual Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. And they go a lot of places that I've been, and they go a lot of places that I haven't been, too. So we can right. talk about some of the haunted hotspots that you find here in western Washington, western Oregon. Right. Yeah, and the, you know, and basically, according to what you've said in the past, they're all former brothels. <laughs> It does seem to be a theme. Is it's you know I think it's just part of the lore of a lot of the places around here. I don't know if they actually all are form of brothels, but it seems like anywhere you go, you're like they're like oh yeah, and it used to be a brothel too. Alrighty then. Well, it's like here, you know, in 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 northern Illinois, up you know around Chicago and you know the northern suburbs that uh, Al Capone. Figures into uh-huh. a lot of lot of places and the mafia. And sure. Yeah, the mafia was a was a huge part of Chicago history, but I don't I doubt very highly that Al Capone slept in as many places that they claim. Well, just like I'm, you know, I don't think we have as many brothels and Indian burial grounds as they claim out here. So there you right. go. Right. All right. So let's do this. Let's go break. All right. When we come back, we'll be talking to William and Devin about their new book, which is, like I say, a really neat book. It's visually beautiful, and um, William's stories that he shares in it of his his impressions of the paranormal activity in these places are pretty cool, too. So we are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be back with our guests. Stick around, everybody. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. From UFOs to psychic phenomena, demonology, urban legends, and so much more, where all these things come together. Paranormal Underground Magazine. Explore the unexplained. Join host Rick Hale along with Paranormal Investigator Chuck G on an exciting new web series. SCMEerieEvents.org, YouTube, and UK's The Haunted Channel. Ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, urban legends, eerie events, chasing the unknown. Hey everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30pm to 12am Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the AZ Radio Network. It's time for Animazing Radio with your hosts Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens. This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington, in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is returning guest, psychic medium, as well as author, William Becker. Uh, he is a co-author of the book, Paranormal Insights, A Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. And joining him tonight as well is um, the other author of the book, photographer Devin Conroy Groves. And I do apologize, I forgot to say, the song that you heard before we came back to the show was San Diego Bay by Rich Odes, which is available on iTunes. Sorry about that. I will work on that in the future. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, William, welcome back to the underground. Devin, welcome to the underground. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. So I have your, I have your book right here in my lap. Oh, good. Yes. And... Um, you guys have, so Devin, you did all of the photography, and I have to say your photography is beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and you guys have visited um, many really great places. There's just such a great haunted history here in western Washington and western Oregon. So yeah, tell, me, tell, me your, tell me some of your favorite places that you discuss in the book. Oh, well, William, you can start off if you like. Oh, geez. You know, it's hard to pick a favorite. Some of them go back. They have a particularly um, fond spot in my heart because I've been going there since I was a little a little kid. Um, Astoria, um, the Peter Iredale, or the um, Battery Russell, places like that. Um, but then... Some of the other ones have become such important places in my life since. Um, Shanico was quite an experience. Um, and that was a place that we had so many different things hit us. What's it that called? Shanico. Tell us I about Shanico. I have, I have the picture up now. Aha. Okay. And um, Devin, do you remember any of the history you want to start? Or... Oh, well, Seneca was something uh, of an idea that, that I've never heard of as a town. It was just an area that William um, thought we had to, to look to look at. And, and, and for me, as a, as a photographer who likes, I guess, an antiquated uh, subject matter, I said, well, sure, I've never been there. It's in eastern Oregon, and I absolutely adore that part of Oregon. But I didn't know how much that would actually impact me. The, the scenery is really quite extraordinary. And when we got there, it was it was odd because I grew up in small towns on the West Coast, and this was sort of a small, bustling town that time kind of forgot. So it made made uh, being a, a photographer um, more more engaged. I was m- far more engaged with everything I was shooting, if I was looking at, and the uh, the sort of the paranormal quality that. Um, it's hard to say at times when you're when you're shooting. Uh, I guess being with William, you have almost two parts. You have something that draws you to to the scene, and there's something about the scene that you want to shoot. So there's two parts of that: the paranormal as well as an aesthetic approach. And Shanko had it in spades. It was it was really an unusual town. And those who've been there, and I've been around people that would never would have thought that that would, would appreciate a small, out of the way, ghosty type of town. 
are enamored with it. So there's definitely something in Shanika that that is that is, is very special. And it's a railroad town, right? Um, actually, well, go ahead. Sort of. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you, you, you know the history much better than I do. So <laughs> okay, um, it started originally before the railroad went there um, as a sheep shearing and a sheep exporting market, but the railroad helped them make it expand. The railroad was deliberately, a line was deliberately run there to get the the wool and sheep out to the worldwide market. It was one of the, it was called the wool capital of the United States, if not the world. I can't remember exactly, but um, if for a short period, it was a very important town. Um, I can't remember how many people lived there, a few thousand, and um, it's interesting. They're still having water rights battles. Um, the owners of the old hotel in town are, want more water rights and the hotel is allowed and so they're not open but then um, we got there off season so um, the shops most of the things were closed when we were there the ice cream shop was open and including the ghosts that were inside of it and they made great sandwiches <laughs> the ghosts made great sandwiches? No, the living people make great sandwiches, but the ghosts are pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. one of the things that strikes me the most about the town, too, is all of the beware of rattlesnake signs everywhere oh, you go. Oh, eastern Washington and eastern Oregon, you bet. <laughs> yeah. So, That'll make you feel good. Oh, yeah. And it was just at the point they told us, well, they shouldn't be out right now, but they could be. So just enough to know that you couldn't be too sure whether or not they were hibernating yet or not. So, Great. Um, now, <laughs> in the in the book, what you do, William, and what I like about the book is that, um, so you have Devin's beautiful pictures, and then mm-hmm. instead of it being kind of the typical, this is the paranormal history of this place, you share your impressions as a psychic medium and the things that you see and experience when you visit there, correct? Right. That is correct. Mm-hmm. So I like that because it's a little different format than, than you see in a lot of the paranormal history books. So what did you sense and notice in Shanago? Oh, gunfights on the sidewalk, the boardwalk. Now you're talking. Pardon me? I, said, I was joking. I said, now you're talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they were they were definitely there. Um, prostitutes in the windows of the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. Parties overflowing. Um, social. I mean, it was also a fairly social place. Um, there were a lot of wealthy people there for a while, and you could see the, the parties mingling in the in the lounge area of the old hotel and also over in the um, um, city hall building, which had also been used for some other things. I can't remember exactly which they were. Unfortunately, I don't have a book in front of me. Um, And there's so many places. Oh, there was a couple in a driving a buggy. um, People in jail cells telling their stories. Um, it was fascinating. It was the history that you get talking to the dead, in a sense, um, the paranormal entities that are there. 
it really helps bring it alive because you get you don't always have a name. You don't always know where somebody's from, but you get the story from a human being or somebody somebody who was living it and directly there with their emotion and their input, and you see it through their eyes, and that's part of what we were hoping to present in the book. Yeah, and you you did. You did that well. Now, another place that you guys went is a place that I like the idea of, but you, William, know I don't like the actual place. Do you know what I'm going to say? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I'm going there with a t- I'm t- having a class there in September. <laughs> and it's it's Port Gamble and the and yep. in particular the Walker Ames house. And again, did Devin was up for one of the classes that you were teaching and when he took the pictures, right Devin? Yeah, I was, yes. Yes. Yeah. That was um I think uh, I think in retrospect that was probably my hardest shoot um because the spaces were quite small. The activity in the rooms and even some of the larger spaces, like between the attic. Um, oh yeah, I was, the I was, attic. I was, yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> it's funny because normally I, I don't um, expect to see anything out of the ordinary, but there were impressions in some of the sections in the attic that actually made me uncomfortable. Yeah, me uh, too. Things that, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. something going on in the attic, mm-hmm. and I have pictures of of that in uh, in great detail. And at one point, I thought I. It's not there, honestly, in, in, that any person can look at, but there's one there that particularly that makes me uncomfortable. It's something in, in the corner. And oh, in the that, corner and, of the attic where the kids are? It, it, exactly, yes. Yeah. yes. And, and there's something there. It yes, does kind is. of bother me. It's a little eerie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the basement was very active. The, the uh-huh. section of, of, a, of the second story bathroom that was very... Mm-hmm. Most people that go in there, there's, they immediately sense something very wrong. Yes. So shooting it um, with a little bit of, an, of, a, of, a, of a sort of a, a, a psychic perspective was a bit challenging at times. And yeah, it's such but, a beautiful, picturesque little town that when you is. you don't expect what you're going to find, do you? Because it is uh, so picturesque. Not, not at all. It's, it's where you want to get married. In, in yeah. most obvious cases, it, 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 there was a wedding across the street. It was a very, it's, it's known for a, a, as a popular wedding. Wedding spot. Well, it's right down on the water. water. It's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I even had a second to go out and shoot around the waterfront and these old docks, and that actually, aesthetically, they were very attractive. But Walker Mm -hmm. Ames is it was one of the tougher shoots for us, at least for me, at least. Sure. And teaching classes there, it's it's great, but it it does have its challenges (laughs) for us uh, shooters. So. Well, that juxtaposition between what you see. And what you feel there is, and I, I think it's why I don't like it, is because it's oh. so jarring. Uh-huh. Well, there's, there's, well, there's, there's so much sadness guy. there, too. There's what? So much sadness there. There is a lot of sadness. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say there's a lot of sadness in, in the house, so, and particularly in, in that town. So. Yeah. If, if, you know, I was just curious, though. I mean, uh, Devin, you say that you feel very uncomfortable up in that one room. I do. Do William? Is, is there anything that you could tell us, like what it is exactly? Is it just a bad <laughs> dude or what? Well, um, what I have picked up every time I've been at the house is the the one of the children, a little boy, often mm-hmm. hides and cowers back there. Um, anytime it looks like the father coming in, the father was rather abusive. It seems like, seems like a father. And other people in my class have picked up on 
pretty much the same things. Um, and it's also right next to a room where several of us have had visions of a woman hanging herself. Well, that um, was the, the nurse. Yeah, there was yeah, the there was sexual assault involved with that, I think. Exactly. Exactly. There was, which is part of some of the bathroom nursery area down on the second floor. Um, and I don't know how graphic you should get on the radio, but um, so I won't say too much. But there was a lot of trauma and tragedy in that house. And, you know, this was a mill town and Pope and Talbot was supposedly better than most at taking mm-hmm. care of people, but it was a rough place to live, and people had very strict standards, and women and children were abused, and they had no one to talk to, and nobody would have believed them, and it was simply the way things were done sometimes, and... Um, That's sad. That makes You know, it, when I hear stuff like that, it, it makes me sick to my stomach. It really does. Yeah. Well, and the, the entire and, town is haunted. It's not just this Walker Ames house. Oh, the no, entire no, town of Port Gamble is is crazy haunted. Yeah, exactly. My first time there for the first two or three hours, and I was there with the team I was part of, and we were going for a big event. Um, yeah, I was uh, there, I think, wasn't on. I? I think you were. I think I was, um, yeah. And the first two or three hours, I thought how much I enjoyed living there because it was so beautiful and there's so much paranormal and after about three hours and seeing all the sad stories and having children draw me into closets so they could talk to me alone about what they'd gone through and me coming out with tears streaming down my eyes and such that man i don't want to live here it's it would be too hard for me in that i'd have to tune off a lot more than i like to turn off yeah you know and i'm not saying it's not a beautiful place to live it's just for my yeah. sensibilities, it would have been a difficult place to live. Well, and just a quick plug for the town, um, if this sounds intriguing to the, those of you in our neck of the woods, western Washington, western Oregon, um, they do have an annual ghost conference every year in October in which mm-hmm. uh, people get to go through some of these haunted locations. I think they host investigations during that, too. And I think they also, they used to do ghost walks there. I don't know if they do anymore. But I think if you go to, like, Port Gamble, if just search Port Port Gamble, a G-A-M-B-L-E, and you'll find it, um, and information about the ghost conference and stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's a good conference, and it gives access to people who wouldn't otherwise have access to some of these places the way that we do as paranormal investigators. Right, and that's, that's great to have you put that out, because it is such an amazing place, and people should go, and go there and experience it and see it. And the conference, they do an outstanding job with it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm speaking there this year. Um, Are you speaking there this year? Yeah, I'm on, I think, two panels. I think I've got a little mini class and a presentation. Yeah, good for you. I mean, I'll be kind of busy. But they do. They'll have investigations and ghost tours at night. And um, they... Peter Bay and the staff and crew that put all that together just do an outstanding job. And it's a beautiful little town. I mean, it's got, I think, a cemetery with one of the most beautiful views ever. You, it, Devin, would you agree you can't not take pictures in that cemetery? Um, no, it's actually beautiful. It, it really is a beautiful town. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's move on from Port Gamble. Another place, William and Devin, that you feature in the book is, um, I better make sure I'm right about this, I think I saw it in the book, is another place that I've visited and I really like, which is the Klondike. That's in there, right? Yes. As a matter of fact, I believe that one of the things... Yeah, I believe that one of the things William talked about was something I did to him at the Klondike. So the Klondike yes. is in mm-hmm. St. Helens, Oregon. Yes. So and they do a lot for Halloween all through October. Okay, and here's the thing about St. Helens, Oregon, too. It's the, um, uh, what's that stupid vampire movie with the guy that Rick hates? Um, uh, oh, uh, Twilight. Twilight. Twilight, yeah. yeah. It's the Twilight Town. Twilight was right. filmed there. Uh-huh. Oh, so and it's a beautiful little town. You didn't know the that? The town is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to, to, to know the film and the books, but unfortunately, I'm, um, there was a little bit of Oregon City shot um, for, the, for the first movie. Oh, yeah. They used, the, they used the Oregon City High School, I believe, for the cafeteria scene, I believe. Oh. Hopefully, I'm not terribly wrong about that, but... Yeah. Well, they have like a. They have at least when when I was there, um, and we stayed in a hotel down there so that we could investigate that night. They have they the hotel had like a little brochure for the Twilight tour that you could oh, take really? if you <laughs> yeah, go see Bella's house, you know, stuff like whatever. We didn't do it, but so so tell us about the Klondike guys. Um. Well, I believe we could break down the history quite well. I mean, I recall um, that being um, not a particularly stressful shoot, um, but. I think physically I was um, a bit a bit drained. Uh, not necessarily for paranormal. There was any exceptional rooms that, looking at at at, at the book and the pictures particularly, that uh, that I could pick out what was wrong with that room. Though so the shot was, was was fine, at least on my side of things. But the third floor, particularly physically, it was about what ninety degrees, ninety five degrees. It was extremely oh, hot. Oh, so hot up there. Oh yeah, yeah. it gets it mm-hmm. gets really hot and really um, cold. Yes. <laughs> It was uh, I was doing long exposures. We had no lighting except for the lighting that I got from the ex- the windows from the yeah. external street lights. So I was doing long exposures, and it was exceptionally hot. So mm. that was my very big challenge: was uh, how to handle very extreme heat and no light. So, and photography is all about light. Yep, yeah. definitely. Well, and some of the and some of the shots that you have in the book are really. Um, dare I say haunting because it's it's um, it's just kind of everything's torn down to studs and you know but there's like a random sink here and there and that type of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those it, the uh, the aesthetics of those rooms right up my alley. That's what I wanted to shoot. If it was if it was a paranormal event or not, um, aesthetically, that those things are, I'm very gravitated towards. High contrast. Areas of of non use or dismissed areas, and that second floor was nothing but but that, and it, which which fit into the the paranormal aspect quite nicely. Even if it wasn't a paranormal room, the the the, the narrative for that particular chapter of the book fit very yeah. well. So I, yeah. I was excited about some areas. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that's really cool is that. You tell the story with the pictures, and then William's narration of it, it, it all is very seamless. It fits together really well, and it does give you a sense of place. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you. Well, uh, quite a few of those shots um, were in all, uh, it's why we work so well together, is that I, there's something in front of me 
take a picture of it. So quite a few of those imagery, that though they are aesthetically attractive, um, they have they have a, a very genuine paranormal quality to it. So William was directing me in many of, the, of these shots. Wow. To, to to what should be or will be in in the book. So yeah, we work work really well together on most almost all the shots. So yeah, it it, it is a, it's it's a really neat place, and I don't know. Do they still let people come in and do paranormal investigations there? Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, yeah, they, have they tend hours. to be very they, careful with it. They do. Um, Ronnie and David are wonderful human beings, and they have a fabulous restaurant there. And they treat their paranormal beings just as well or better than they do the living. And they have a season that they allow people in to do investigations and such, and then um, the beings get to take a break. Right, and when we um, when we first went in to investigate it, when you were there as well, William, because I investigated mm-hmm. with you guys, it was right yeah. after Paranormal State had filmed their investigation there, because they still had, remember, yeah. they had like the X's on the, like they taped down like their marks and stuff that were still there the first exactly. time we investigated fact, it. It aired, their Paranormal State's program aired the next day. That's and, right, yeah. And I went to the Klondike to join the viewing party and it was it was a very confirming thing because I mean TV shows say what you want about them the jury's out in my part but so much of the history and so much of the experience and so much of the psychic information they they said on the show now I don't know how they get everything that's not a judgment on that you're talking about the demon part well I'm not even talking no I'm not talking about the demon part I'm that saying, bothered me. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm just saying in general, because I see, you know, when you're on Facebook, you see stuff about shows. And I don't know people, so I don't know the reality. But um, right. they, so much of what they presented and so much of what came out of Lorraine's mouth and um, so much of the history matched up exactly with what sure. I was picking up and with what the team got. Sure. And so that's that true. Gave, that part was good. Yeah. And so that made me feel good about my own abilities. It helps the team with validation. And it showed, well, you know, they're, they're doing something here, right, with the TV show. So. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest things that happened to me there, and it was a different time that I was there that you were there when you were teaching that class and you had that really bad cold. Right. Oh, I was so sick. Yeah. You were sick, I, but we were sitting downstairs, and I was sitting with um, a friend, and I looked at her, and I said something about, I said, spider, there's a spider, and she was like, what? And I said, just something with a spider, and she was like, "I, okay, I mean, she thought I was nuts, so then we went upstairs, and we were on the second floor, and mm-hmm. um, I had walked up and down the hall, and there was nothing on the floor, I mean, other than, you know, like some, the the kind of drywall debris and stuff that there is in those rooms. And I walked out of the room that I had been in, and there was a piece of paper laying upside down on the ground outside that door that hadn't been there when we walked in, and I picked it up, and it had a pencil drawing of a spider. And somebody said to me, oh, yeah, there's a couple little girls up here, and they, they draw these, and they leave them around, and investigators find them. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did you tell me that and I forgot? I don't know if I ever told you that story or not. 
I'm receiving it as a new story. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So that's like one of my favorite things that ever happened to me there. (laughs) And and what do you call it when you're starting to sense something? My spidey sense. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. I didn't even. I know. I mean, but I was, we're just sitting there talking about something, and all of a sudden I was like, a spider! (laughs) And everybody looked at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, I know. So, and and so, William, why don't uh-huh. you? Uh, that was the same investigation that I believe that Elaine and I lured you to a room. Yes, you did. Um, these two ladies had <laughs> a little history. The hotel, the Klondike, the restaurant is called the Klondike, and the building had been built originally as workers' housing for the mills shipyards, but it's also been a brothel and everybody else. There you go, Rick. Them. There's one. There, yep, there's the brothel. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Everything's a brothel. And, uh, this is the West Coast. Every town had brothels. Unless you look hard enough, they probably still do. Um, but these two ladies um, independently saw a woman dancing as part of the entertainment of her client at the moment. And they thought it would be funny to um, have me pop in and see what was going on. Well, I was still about a room away when it became very clear that the dancing had stopped, shall we say, and uh, the action had begun. <laughs> They'd gotten a little further like, along. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it was just like, thanks a lot, you two. <laughs> well, we didn't I, know. We I, just thought you were going to see the lady stripping. We didn't know that you were going to see the rest. <laughs> I think I blushed. I'm not sure. You did. I, you did. Yep. And he walked out and he said, Oh my god, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. And you two you two laughed hysterically, so That's it that was, was kinda of one of the highlights of the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you forgot all about your cold, didn't you? Just for a minute. For a moment I sure did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Klondike is a fantastic place. Again, it's in St. Helens, Oregon. And from what I hear, there are some other haunted spots in St. Helens, Oregon, although they're they're not as well-known or publicized as Klondike. That's right. Um, there's a building across the street um, that is, in fact, what I was told by one of the managers that used to work at the restaurant when there was a pizza, pizza and kind of a restaurant over there and that other place was that paranormal skates actually shot in there as well but they couldn't get the airtime to show that part Um, yeah yeah actually katrina came on the show and she mentioned that to us katrina from um uh the show we were talking about um she came on and she said that they actually yeah that they actually they thought that was even more haunted than the klondike right um But, you know, you've got to put together what you can and the producers want and all that kind of stuff. So um, I would love to have seen something with that. And it's a place I'd like to have done um, a class. um, Yeah. And I don't know. It's possible I'll have another one. Ronnie and I have been missing each other's calls, so I'm not quite sure. But I'm speaking there at least on the 18th of October, part of their big month-long Halloween event that they do there, and um, I'm not sure exactly what all is going on, but it's well worth the drive, 
in from Portland. It's a place I found out about this place because well, I always knew about the town, but I read about the hauntings in the newspaper, the Oregonian, because I don't know how it came up, but years and years ago I read about it, and so I went for the ghost, and I liked the the restaurant and the staff and the food so much that I kept coming back, and St. Helens from Portland was a fairly easy drive to get out of town, have the river, but not go very far, and so it's it's a nice place to just go check it out and chill a little bit, and it's quiet and peaceful, and the Columbia's right there, and and have a good lunch for dinner. Yeah. And some interesting antique shops and things like that. Yeah. So um, another place in the book that I want to discuss, because uh, one of my favorite photographs in the book is actually of a shipwreck. I think it's at Fort oh, yeah. Stevens, at Fort Stevens yes. Park. I haven't been there. Now, that's in that's along the Oregon coast, isn't it? Yes, it's over by Warrington, just outside of Astoria. Oh, we need, we were just down there this last weekend. I should have stopped. Yeah, but yeah, I love I love the pictures of of the shipwreck, and um, so tell me about that place. Go ahead, Devin. Do you want to start that one? Uh, um, no, actually, I think I think you have a better understanding of history in that one, though. Okay. Well, this is a place I've been going all my life. Um, my mom's mother's side of the family goes back to Astoria to like the eighteen eighties. And grandma was there and we were there all the time. Mom grew up there. And so, um, Port Stevens was a natural place to go and we're staying with grandma for a few days. And the shipwreck always intrigued me. And it varies with the sands. I mean, you know, how the storms have come through. Sometimes all you can see is a little tiny point at the bow. And sometimes the whole skeletal, um, structure is, is, um, in sight. So, it's pretty fascinating, and I the shipwreck goes back to 1909, I think, roughly in there. And part of it was really interesting to me is the captain on the same ship, within two weeks of the same date the year before, ran aground just a mile or so south of that location. Oh, really? In, well. Yeah. But he and the crew were able to get the ship refloated and continue the voyage. This mm. is right about at the area that's called the Graveyard of the Pacific. The mouth of the Columbia River is um, a major ship sinking area in the old days. And still, I know. We were just at the, um, Jim and I were just at the Maritime Museum down in Astoria. Mm-hmm. And they have a map of all of the shipwrecks along there. Holy oh, cow! And that's just the ones they know about. So are a lot of them are a lot of them like that where there's something visible? Because I don't know if I were you, Devin, if there are a lot of visible ones, that's what I'd be taking pictures of because those are cool. If, if I there's one that's more recent, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it's uh, if it's still there. I, I can't quite even name it, but it was a more modern shipwreck. It's somewhere on the Oregon coast. They may have pulled out to sea, but it just wouldn't go away. He tried blowing it up, pulling it out in the current. But, uh, oh, that, that one's been dismantled. That one's okay, gone. They finally broke it down. Oh, yeah. bummer. It was, it was a bit of a of a cartoon, I guess, to try to handle this this shipwreck. This is the, this Peter Ardale was the first one I ever I ever really got close to, or even heard that I could actually go to. 
but when we first got there, it was, I guess, we got at the right time of year, because the sands do fluctuate, and you can only see maybe a few feet of it, and in this case, we it must have been about 15 to 20 feet high to shoot, and it was, in many ways, very extraordinary. You get to move it in and around sort of the interior of this of this this uh, parked vessel, the skeleton of the, of the ship, and uh, photography was fantastic. You got to see things that I've never actually seen, only maybe glanced at in movies or or books. So, so it's definitely definitely an, an excellent place to to experience, but really had a paranormal quality about it. There was I think there was a a, a deranged person that uh, that stabbed or or attacked several people and and that impression was very apparent while we were we were shooting the uh, the wreck. So amongst the people this was this was was, was uh, going huh. on. Well I definitely yeah. need to I definitely need to go to that park. We drive past it. I mean we go down to the Oregon coast every year. And we drive past it every year and I've never stopped. Oh we're gonna oh, go yeah. down in October. Maybe we'll stop in October come to think of it. Okay. Good. Yeah, because Battery Russell is a wonderful place to go through. We have um, some photos of that in the book as well. And That's at Fort Stevens as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, um, was, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Some of those old was, forts with the underground stuff, like Fort Casey up here in Washington is another one. Um, oh. they, they definitely have a vibe, don't they? They do. And Fort Canby, which is on the other side of the Col- mm-hmm. mouth of the Columbia. And that mm-hmm. was built, Fort Stevens and Fort Canby both were part of defenses for the Union during the Civil War. And then they go back that far. Wow. Really. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Battery Russell doesn't go back as far, but that fort, the site it's on does. And, um, and right out of Warren, in the Warrington area, there's part of the, more parts of the old port. The officer's row is there. Um, and lots of foundations and stuff from buildings that were above ground. See, Battery stuff like Russell, that fascinates you, me. The old stuff yeah. that's where you could just sort of see what used to be there, but it's not really there anymore. Yeah. yeah. And Battery Russell was the only military site on the U.S. continental mainland that was shelled during World War II. It was shelled? Yep. A Japanese really? sub was off the mouth of the Columbia. We had Japanese submarines off the mouth periodically and occasionally in the river. Both my parents remember. Really I've actually heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this, they were fired on, uh, not very much, and the, the sub missed. And the battery didn't fire back because they knew their range of their cannons, their guns, wasn't going to hit the sub, and if they would have fired, it would have given away their position. And the sub didn't know exactly where they were, the way it was. So um, people had wondered why didn't they fire back, return fire. Well, it would have been dangerous to do so. so. Well, we've, Uh, we've talked about a few of the many places that you guys show and discuss in the book. And so, but there's just so many more. Is there another book in you both? Uh, yes. yes. They are, they, we are working on, I believe, next month. We're going to be shooting imagery for our, our next book. It's going to be in Western Oregon. 
Eastern Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. like Sumter. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. How did you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the B&B is such an amazing place, and Barb and Jay are wonderful people. Well, you need to get Devin up to Wellington to take pictures up there, too, because that is a photographer's dream. It is. Oh, yeah. I couldn't couldn't get the time off, but Wellington is definitely on the map. Yeah, it's it's a dream. I mean, I take crappy pictures, but at Wellington, my pictures look pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) No, we we want to do it. It's just getting a chance. Unfortunately, um, artists tend to have day jobs as well, or day and night jobs in some people's cases. Um, and so just getting the, the timing yeah. and everything to work out has just been difficult. But, um, yeah. yeah. Now, Devin, and we've got I... some other big projects we're working on, too, that I can't talk about too much okay. yet. But okay. they keep progressing. We've made some really big strides, and there should be some books out of those as well. Well, and yeah. I also wanted to really quickly, because when I first met Devin, I think you were working at Coffee Rush. Do you still work there? No, no. I moved on to a cafe in Northeast Portland, uh, 26 Cat Cafe okay. on some of the Nod. So, uh, but the Coffee there. Rush in Oregon City is uh-huh. kind of haunted, too. It's uh, it's considered, um, if you remove heavy industrial sites, it's one of the most haunted places in Oregon City. <laughs> so I spent time In a pretty in haunted City, town. Now. It's a very yeah. haunted town. Mm-hmm. I, I spent a year in the Oregon City Mill, and that was, that was my first book. And that place is extraordinary. And there's wow. living and like living and non-living presence in that mill. It's it's a very impressive place. And for the photography, it was it was extraordinary. But or, yeah. the cafe itself, that book was amazing. Visitor, for a visitor. Um, or uh, the, the cafe is great. Um, if if you're sensitive enough, you'll you'll get a variety of just passerbys as well as the residents there. Are very are very very friendly, we'll put it that way. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I've been I've been there a few times, and that's where um, when William does the ghost tours, that's where they always start. Is at, at the Coffee Rush in downtown Oregon City as well. And um, mm-hmm. Oregon well, we, City, yeah, Oregon City. What's that? I said, yeah, we start some of them, there's special event yeah. ones there, and it's yeah. talked about in all the downtown ones. So Yeah, absolutely. Oregon City impresses me with its its depth of activity. I've been there mm-hmm. many times, and um, you just can't fail to have an experience, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. That's part of why I teach um, my monthly psychic development class there. It's uh, yeah. teaching people how to talk to paranormal beings. You have to have a few around, and... That's right. That's right. And you just Mm -hmm. had a really good class up here at the Lewis County Historical Museum, too. That was a fun class. A lot of people. It was. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And and Devin does still work in a haunted place. The place he's working now. Oh, well, good. And we're sitting in at this point. It's haunted. Well, good. It follows you, Devin. This this place, I've, I've never experienced so much sort of entering and coming. In Coffee Rush, people are sort of there, the world will hang. But here, it's I'm constantly turning around, thinking someone's behind me, uh, and there's no mm. one there. It's it's very it's like a, it's like a transit point. I wonder if it was one point it was a bus stop because it feels that way. <laughs> At least you're used movement. to it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm quite. I would be more concerned if there wasn't any activity any place that I lived or worked. So yeah, uh, I'm. It's probably one of my requirements that there has to be some activity. So, <laughs> 
So when you go for an interview and they say, do you have any questions for us? You say, yeah, is yes. this place haunted? Is this place haunted? If not, I have to go somewhere. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't work for you. Okay, yeah. so guys, here's what we need to do. We need to take a break. We're at the top of the hour. Uh, and then can you stick around for another 15 minutes or so? I know that Rick wants is chomping at the bit, William, to ask you about Europe. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to um, William and Devin talking about their book, Paranormal Insights, a visual parahistory of Oregon and Washington. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart. Starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Scarefest, America's top horror and paranormal convention, is coming to Lexington, Kentucky, September 12th through the 14th. Scarefest provides three frightful packed days of guests, speakers, and vendors, featuring the who's who of the horror and paranormal industry. Spend one or all three days with celebrities such as Carrie Elvis, Katie Hyder, Corey Feldman, Gary and Jake Busey, Grant Wilson, Chip Coffey, Stephen Tangle, Clarissa Vasquez, Diane Frazier, and many more. Tickets start at just $26.25 per person for a one-day admission. Visit thescarefest.com today to get your tickets for the scariest event of the year. Come if you dare, but don't, don't come alone. Hey everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30pm to 12am Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the AZ Radio Network.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Radio Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Before you came, before we came back to the show, we heard the song "Leo" by Oleg Surkov. Uh, not a bad song. Um, joining us again, or still joining us rather, is a psychic medium. William Becker and uh, photographer Devin Conroy Groves. They're the authors of Paranormal Insights, a Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. Thank you. So, William, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about this because um, you returned not too long ago from a trip to Europe. And, uh, you know, when when you told me that you were going to England and Ireland and all that, uh, the only thing I could think was, it's like, dude... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's you're so lucky but you know t- tell us a little bit about that how is it you know traveling in those countries and you know how are ghosts perceived i mean let's face it in a country where their outhouses are older than the country that we currently live in right um boy you know it's so hard places like england and really even ireland it's just it's just part of life I mean, every place I went, there were, there was something. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're sleeping in the bedroom of a hotel that was built as a hotel in 1220, and you're in the <laughs> old part There's of the There's a little building, more history there, isn't there? <laughs> you know, it's a little hard not to have a ghost. And I, I found, I, I was in Istanbul for a few days. I was mm-hmm. on a tour, and the tour guides, were interested. I mean, I wasn't sure what people in a place like Turkey would be thinking of, but I did readings for them, and um, they were very interested in the ghosts and the whole paranormal idea and paranormal things. And uh, um, but people are pretty open to it. I in Hungary, I was talking to a good friend of mine who's. A uh, Byzantine Catholic priest, a little different than Roman, and he's a little different than most of the priests too. But um, he and his his sister-in-law and her husband, who's an international lawyer and such, they were all very accepting and believing in in the ghosts, and paranormal beings, and it just seemed. Shoot, I was on. T- I gave lots of tours on, or lots of readings on tours, either to guides or people on the ship or people on the bus or or whatever and um this seems to be pretty widely expected and not just what we think of but also some of the oh some people call them elementals and the others but some of the folk of lore um and you can tell i mean in ireland you find fairy circles and fairy trees and right. where people have decorated and done it or the trees are in a specific type of circle in a different a specific place and you don't build there you, you leave that circle alone and so it's there's still a belief system and that feels really good it's nice to know yeah there's not as much social yeah. stigma over there is there there really isn't and people think about these countries as you know too much from tv and old movies about stuck up and this and that and at some point maybe they probably were but um it's it's not it's shoot i got i was staying in wales for a while and a friend of mine who's um 
been a very famous medium. Um, and I was supposed to do a, a gig kind of together, and that was postponed. And he said, well, how about driving us to London? Because I had to rent a car. And I thought um, driving in London was part of what I was avoiding, but okay. And we went to the penthouse apartment on the Thames as a new client for both of us, who's this self-made mega millionaire, um, super nice guy, and very interested and very believing. And, um, um, you know, he's in the upper class now and grew up in the lower class and doesn't have a prejudice against the paranormal from either of those groups. And um, it's just, you see it all over the place. Um, sure. Yeah, it's nice. So let's, I mean, let's talk about some of the places that you had, you know, gone to. And, and I know it's really difficult because I have a lot of contact with people over in Europe. And um, it's really difficult for them to say, okay, this was the most, this is the most ghost inhabited place in, in all of Europe. But in, what, did you go anywhere where you felt that it was like, wow, this is really, um, has a lot of the breathing impaired Oh, Exeter is one of those places, but partly that's because I walked into a pub and on the post it said Sir Walter Raleigh and um, Sir Francis Drake used to hang out here a lot. It was right across the little side street from my hotel. Okay. And when I sat down, I saw Sir Francis Drake turning in the window at me. And I looked out the window and there was nobody around on the street. And I asked the waitress, because I didn't really believe what was written on the guts signpost. And yeah, the, the, he used to hang out there. Um, they both did. It's where they could get the shipping, the latest news from people who just come in on the ships. Mm-hmm. And um, it turned out, I found out a day later, other people had seen him there. And mm-hmm. um, there were ghosts all over in that area. There was a, a hilltop fortress area that was it Croatia or Serbia? I'm sorry, I'd have to look. I, I, things get a little confused. But it was a natural rock formation that had been fortified before the Romans came. Some of the signs and artifacts they had there were talking about 1 and 2 AD, not 1st and 2nd century, 1 and 2. Oh, and, actually, actually, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and... There wasn't activity as far as interaction goes, and that, that had been an active military post. The Byzantines then had it. Um, later, the Ottomans had it. Um, the Habsburgs had it. it. It had been an active military post until through World War One, and the Roman soldiers were exercising in the yards and training and practicing. The Byzantines had been doing the same. You could see differences in the armor and different things. You could see the Ottomans on the wall. Um, there wasn't the interaction, but you could, I could see what was going on. And I'm working on putting just a project like this together, too. Um, my photos aren't quite what Devin takes. No, you need to um, take Devin with you. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's one of the things that's in the works. That'd be really cool, huh? Yep, I'm yep. I'm absolutely involved in in most of these these, these ventures. So <laughs> now, William, yeah. didn't you also go to one of the residences or castles that had belonged to Vlad the Impaler? Oh, that's right. How could I forget? How could you forget? 
Yeah. Only well, the and it was so Eastern European history. Oh yeah. Vlasi Impaler, the the guy that Dracula was based on by Bram Stoker, is a real living person. And he got the name because he was really fond of impaling the Ottoman Turks or any other um, people that he didn't like. Um, He was given credit, really, for saving much of Europe from the Ottoman expansion because he was brutal, he was ruthless, and he held the line and kept the the Turks from moving further into Europe. Well, that's... Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's what uh, um, somebody uh, that was talking uh, through Facebook one night on um, from Romania was telling me that over in that part of the world, I mean, we see Vlad the Impaler as Count Dracula. They see him as a national hero. Exactly. He is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this castle was a 14th century castle that, or a palace, actually, that he had modified in fixed up and mostly it was ruins um yeah uh, i have one of pic- one or two of the pictures i think are in one of the paranormal underground articles that i've sent- submitted in the last couple months but um it wasn't the big castle everybody thinks about yeah that's further up and out of the way but it was kind of ironic because just a couple days before my friends in budapest were saying oh are you going to be able to go to vlad's castle or, you know, one of his castles. And I knew I wasn't going to the big one, and I didn't realize there was one in Bucharest until I stumbled in up to it on a tour of the city and then had a little little bit of free time. Part of the problem with tours is you don't have a chance to spend all the time you want. There was a museum associated with it, but you see bits of it through the street under glass, and there are a few columns here and there and such, but... I got uh-huh. to be there. I mean, I got to be, see part of that history, and it was it was incredible. I didn't get a ghost out of it, though. Oh, uh, that's okay. That's right. Yeah. What a fantastic yeah. opportunity you had. You were there for six weeks, was it? Seven. Seven altogether. weeks. You were gone a long time. That's what I know. <laughs> Not yeah, long it, enough, but yeah, I quite know. a while. I know, but um, you know what a great opportunity that you were able to do that. Um, and I wish we had more to time to talk about it. We're going to have to have you back on. But we have, come, we have come to the part of the show that we call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. So, William, you have classes and books and stuff. And, Devin, I know you have other books as well. So why don't you guys go ahead and tell people where they can find your stuff and promote anything you want. Cool. Oh, I love this part of the show. Pardon me? Sure. Okay. Um, I don't care. But, yeah, um, there's quite a bit coming up. I've got a class at the Tokeland Hotel on Saturday, Great. November 13th. Great place. Uh, if you're feeling dress warm. <laughs> yep. it's uh, It'll be the third time I've been there. It's outstanding. Um, I've got a class at the Walker Ames House and the Morgue on Saturday, <gasps> September 13th. The theater, too, or just the Morgue? Um, probably just the more, but who knows? I'll see uh, what people let it into. The theater is really cool in Port Gamble. It is. And the guy in the projection booth that smokes and drank all the time, that's really <laughs> helpful to us. When he rolled projection bulbs across the table and things like that. And I've got a class at the famous and fabulous Rimsky Corsa Coffee House here in Portland. It's a place <laughs> I, I love wanted the name to- of that. 
It's one of Karen's love this place. It's it's been around thirty years old. Devin can tell you more about it. Um, he's the one that got me in there. I've always wanted to be in there. When this place first opened, I was there almost every night. It's open at night only. Uh-huh. Great coffee, fabulous in-house desserts, and most nights live classical music. And green. Yeah, and very haunted. And the book, um, we're going to be putting the book on the website um, probably within the next few days. I'm working with my web guy. Um, I broke down and hired somebody to do my website for me. And the website Um, is? Paranormalinsights.net. And my contact information is there. The ability to sign up and pay for the classes is there. Um, my email address is there, and um, quite a bit of things are there, and it keeps growing and changing. And, um, oh, and you can also sign up for my, at this point, bi-monthly newsletter. It's free, it's email, and I don't sell your names to anybody else. And you um, give good information in your newsletter. Thank you. Um, yeah. Basically, what we'll be doing is having... Um, an author or somebody writing an article, and I'll have an article or two. And so it won't just be me. Um, there'll be a guest every month or every every other month as well. And um, pretty much all of it is right there. I'm hoping that we'll have the book up on the site probably by uh, Tuesday or so. But if people are interested, they can always send me an email. Very cool. Okay, and so, Devin, it's your turn to shamelessly self-promote. Oh, if I only had a lifestyle like Williams, unfortunately. Um, best thing I could probably say, I got an art show at Remsky Corsa Coffee. Um, anywhere that William is located, you'll probably find me. So um, I suppose my first book is available at, at uh, blurb.com. It's Mill419. Mill and I'm taking a slight break, I suppose, from any sort of uh, grand projects for at least for another at least for another month until I start working on my our next book. Title is forthcoming. Um, cool. Okay. I'm not quite sure about what else I can actually I can promote. I suppose any, any questions about uh, imagery or prints, I guess you can forward that to Paranormal Insights, uh, Williams' uh, address and web website. So, yeah, and I recommend you pick up the book. It's 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 really a beautiful book. Oh, of course, of course. A uh, uh, pair, pair, uh, pair history of Oregon and Washington. So, well, in Devin's first book, that first helped me decide. I knew I'd seen a lot of his photography, but uh, when I saw what was his in the other book, the first one he did, I just knew, okay, this is a guy I want to work with. So. And we've well, been good friends anyway, but yeah, I was going to say, well, it's work. good that you knew him then, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, but I don't. I, I, when I'm working on a serious project, it's nice if I have a good friend to do it with. Yeah, but it's got to be good, and so yes. it's got to be a friend with the talent and be mm-hmm. nice to work with. And yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've been hired for about five years, so. So I work well, for the Oregon City uh, uh, City. I work for, work for the Oregonian. So I did, for big projects and being more professional, it's it's, it's been a slower process. Um, for a long time, I never really considered myself uh, a a professional. You know, I always seemed those guys were like wedding shooters and and things like 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 that. But um, the more the projects, the more things I do, the more I get asked to to be involved. And uh, yeah, I really do have to consider a few things, but. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
Um, but I'm, as of right now, I'm quite, quite tethered to the Paranormal Insights team. So Cool. Well, Devin, it took me years to recognize myself as a professional writer, too, and I've been writing for businesses for the last 20-something years. So, mm-hmm. I, And it's it's only been in the, probably the last five years that I've called myself a professional writer. So there you go. I get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. So, um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And thank you. William, thank you William, yeah. I may check into the Rimsky Korsakoff Rimsky Korsakoff thing because sounds cool because I like the name. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah, I think you would like it. Now we're doing it before they start the day, but then you could stay and What's enjoy. What's the date? And it is. I'm looking. I'm looking. I've got it. All this stuff here. It. Is Saturday, October 11th, from two to six. No, from two to five p.m. And then they open okay. for business. But they're going to have coffees and desserts available for people to buy. But with okay. the class going, we won't have any music. So you have to hang out okay. later for the music. All right. Mm-hmm. So thanks, guys, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you very much. Okay, again, that was William Becker and Devin Conroy Groves. The book is Paranormal Insights, A Visual Parahistory of Oregon and Washington. Oh, Cheryl. Hello. Hello there. So what's uh, Chucky G got coming up tonight? Uh, Chucky G, uh, stay tuned for In the Dark Radio after Paranormal Underground Radio if you're listening live. And if you're not listening live, you can always go to Podbean uh, and listen on demand to both of our shows. But tonight, Chuck will be talking to psychic Kalina Smith. And um, he they will be discussing tarot cards, Wicca, and her show, Eye of the East Coast Radio. Okay, very good. And uh, what do we have coming up in our schedule? Next week, September 4th, Jessica Morocco will join us. And uh, Karen, you were recently on her radio show. She is a psychic medium and the author of short stories and poems from the other side. Cool. And um, any other news that we need to make people aware of? Uh, if, If anyone is into social media and wants to add Paranormal Underground on Facebook or Pinterest, or Twitter, please just search for Paranormal Underground, or on Twitter, I think we're known as Paranormal UG. That's right. Okay, that's it. That's all the news we got? That's all we got. Okay, so, hey, Rick. Yes? I guess we could have talked to him for, like, another five minutes. Usually, Cheryl's much more long-winded than that. (laughs) Probably, yeah, but, you know, always talking to William, which I talk to William frequently, um... He's always a great guy to have on. And, you know, Devin is definitely a very talented individual. So, you know, mm, he, is. He, refers to them, he refers to them as Team Para Insights. I can't think of better people. Yep, very good. So uh, do you have anything else coming up that you need to promote? You know, any new shows out or anything? Nope, not, nothing at the moment. <sighs> except for, you know, except for what we talked about <laughs> at the start. Karen's uh, yeah, except for, uh, you know, Eerie Events. We talked about that at the start of the show. Um, Eerie Events Episode 2 will be filming tomorrow, and it'll probably be a couple weeks before that's actually online. Oh, and in September, if you or October, if you feel like it, pick up a copy of uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Find Your Inner Strength. 
Um, and I have a story. I guess you call it a story. I have a piece in there. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Wow. That's chicken, right. Chicken soup for the soul. That's been around for, what, decades? I mean, um, what, two, three? Long time, yeah. yeah. They, they come out with a couple books a year, I think. And they get thousands yeah. of applications for every book the publisher was telling me. So, Wow, yeah. that's great, Karen. Congratulations. Yeah, yes. thanks. I had, it never occurred to me before to, like, submit to them. So now they're going to get, you know, like, thousands of applications <laughs> just from me. Right. <laughs> Can't wait to read it. Oh, well, thank you. Um, let's see. Anything else? No, the August issue is out. Yeah. Good stuff in it. Yeah, good stuff in it. Also, um, William, who we just spoke to, has an article in there that he mentioned briefly. And it, it's it's really cool. He talks about the layers of time. Basically, if you can check it out, he's basically talking about why some mediums may pick up one... Um, like let's say paranormal event in history while another picks up a different one and how these layers of time cross over. It's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I think a really good thing to think about because all of these things have happened in these different locations. And so there's so much going on residually even um, not to mention intelligently haunted, but to, to, to really think about what's going on in those layers of time. Yeah, and it's true. And I think that, uh, you know, I would guess that probably a good, and it's hard to put an actual number on it, but probably a good 80% of the stuff that I pick up in places is just residual stuff from the history of the place. Like, I'll see that it, you know, there used to be a different building there or something like that. That stuff, that stuff is sometimes, it's hard to filter what's Mm -hmm. somebody talking to you and what's that residual energy. There really are imprints of places, you know, that that psychics can pick up. Hey, um, Bob has one last question for you in the chat room. Karen. Yeah, Bob. (laughs) Has Rick's ghost in his basement visited Karen lately? No, that was just that one night. That was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> because I would I I asked if it was I asked if his name was what his name was, and he said Paul, and I said Rick's Paul, and he just laughed. And it was the shadows that were going across my wall. That I, was an odd uh, odd night. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's weird too that you bring it up because it's like I have not. It's been a couple of weeks since I've even felt Paul's presence in the basement. I mean, maybe he's like he traveling, traveling somewhere. Yeah. Don't do ghosts go on vacation? I mean, I thought they couldn't leave a house because of No, Saints. that's that's not true. Remember we had Lloyd Arabat no, this was before it was when we did the podcast. It was before you were we did the live radio show. And we yeah, had we're talking about Beetlejuice though. But yeah. Oh Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, the sandworms. I can't I I have not seen that movie. Oh, I know. I know. And with that, here's what I'm gonna do. It's just like seconds from 7.30. So let's turn the show over to our worthy person who follows us. Um, I can't think of the word for it right now because apparently I'm old. Capable? Uh, What? (laughs) Capable? No, no, no. Like the person who comes after us. The person who comes before is the predecessor. (laughs) Apparently we're all old. Antecessor. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so with that, I'm just going to let you think I'm all think I'm really stupid and I am. So, guys, come back next week. We'll be talking ghosts and all sorts of other stuff with Jessica Morocco, 6 p.m. Pacific. 
9 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I can't even do math tonight. <laughs> and other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.